Welcome to the Endurance Town USA podcast, a state of mind destination where endurance athletes of all levels connect. I'm Travis Ford, executive producer, and I'm joined today by Alex McCracken at the production booth. For today's episode of the Endurance Town USA podcast, our host and Race Slow founder, Samantha Pruitt, met up with Tina Wilmot, founder and president of Endurance Sportswire. Tina is a successful entrepreneur and experienced public relations executive, strategist, and speaker. In 2011, Wilmot founded Endurance Sportswire, the only press release distribution service exclusively for the running, cycling, and triathlon industries. Today, Endurance Sportswire is read by thousands of reporters and industry insiders and is the source for endurance sports business news and jobs. Prior to founding Endurance Sportswire, Wilmot directed and executed national and international public relations programs for companies serving the fitness and endurance sports industry, as well as high-tech startups and Fortune 500 companies. An established speaker, Wilmot has served on public relations panels, led workshops, and hosted webinars for industry organizations and companies, including Triathlon Business International, Running USA, USA Cycling, and Active Network. A strong supporter of female entrepreneurship, Wilmot created and manages Women in the Business of Endurance Sports, an online community and closed Facebook group of like-minded women who support each other in their business and careers. She is also on the advisory board for TWIW, a mentorship program for women in the triathlon industry. An avid runner, hiker, and ocean lover, Wilmot calls San Diego her home, which is where Samantha met with her for today's episode. I'll let her take it from there. Hi, Hi, Tina. How are you? I'm doing great. So it's so fun to finally meet you in person. I know we've had some great phone conversations being fellow endurance lady bosses. Oh, yeah. And today I'm here to really talk uh, more about you as an individual, uh, feature you in our Faces of Endurance miniseries, and talk about who you are as a human being and, and let our audience know a little bit more about you um, besides the professional woman that we already admire. So if we can kind of dig into the weeds a little bit, that would be fun. Yeah, sure. I'm happy to share. I don't always get to tell this story so much. Um, so I was actually born in Rhode Island. I was a Navy brat. Um, oh. I, I was born in the naval base there. Okay. And But we moved when I was two weeks old from there uh, to California. So I'm really a California girl. And uh, we moved out to Alameda. My dad worked on Treasure Island back then. And after that, uh, he was still in the Navy, but he went to reserves and he moved into sales. So most of my childhood was spent moving around just to different sales territories or through the Navy. And so there was a lot of uh, uprooting. I think I was in nine different places by the time I was in junior high school. We had lived in yeah, it was hard, especially you can imagine in junior high school. I went to three different junior high schools in a period of uh, three, two and a half years. So, and you know junior high school. That's not your best time of your life rough. anyway. Yeah. Are you, do you have siblings? <laughs> I do. I have a younger sister who's, uh, she's four years younger than me. So okay. she didn't experience as much because she was younger. So when we finally did end up in one place... Um, when I was in seventh grade, I made my father say no more moving until I graduate from high school. She was younger then. So she was as impacted by it as probably I was. Um, but it, one thing it did teach me is to network, (laughs) which has really helped me in life now. Yeah. Because you really have to make an effort. And I probably overcompensated by the time I got to high school because, I joined every club there was. You know, I was in the sailing club and the girls league and student council and 
uh, track club, you know, track team. And, and I moved, I, I tried to get involved in as many things as possible. And, and actually, I always think like, oh, high school is the best years of my life because really? I really was able to settle down, find a really good group of friends that I'm still friends with today. Oh, that's cool. And so that moving really forced me to kind of step out of my shell because I don't think my friends would think this, but I'm actually kind of a naturally shy person. But mm. when you move a lot, you don't really have an option. You have to kind of get out of that shell and meet people and develop a social life, at least in high school, you definitely do. Um, so high school was great. And then I graduated and I went to UC Santa Barbara. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Which at the time was more of a party school. Now I would never be able to get into it with the grace of God. I visited recently and I thought, wow, this is a very academic school now. It's quite different than when I, I was there. It has shifted, has it? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, I loved it and ended up in Manhattan Beach. And Wait, became... What did you study? Oh, I was a poli-sci major, but yeah, and it was interesting. I I wasn't so much interested in politics, but I did much better in essay tests than multiple choice. (laughs) So the testing in poli-sci was, uh, you were writing lots of essays, and I felt like I was able to get better grades then, so ironically. Um, But when I graduated, I went into sales. Uh, My dad was in sales, and... That kind of is just something I gravitated towards. And and interestingly, I was not very good at it. And to this day, one of the hardest things I have is asking for ad sales. What did asking you have to sell out of college? What uh, was your you're going to laugh. So this service? ages me. Um, my first job was selling fax machines for Harris 3M. Oh, my God, that's awesome. And this is when they used thermal paper. Mm-hmm. And no one really even knew how they were. I had to explain how a fax machine worked and they cost a thousand dollars for our plain paper fax machine, which was like the latest and, and greatest they thing you could like imagine. a gazillion tons. They took oh, their yeah. own desk. I had a cart that I hauled <laughs> around with me. My territory was Los Angeles. So I had been in every office building in the Wilshire corridor, um, hauling my little fax machine around. Wow. It was, it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes and no, right? Horrible. But like, what an amazing experience because those things don't happen anymore. No. And, and I eventually, after one year, because back in the day, you had to keep a job for a year or it looked bad on your resume. Mm -hmm. I immediately left after one year and I I sold software systems um, to medical practices for billing. And the same thing, I was hauling my cart and my big computer around LA, knocking on doors doors at doctor's offices. Mm -hmm. And um, as much as I think what I took away from that is that I was not the greatest person in sales. I mean, I forced myself to just like in junior high school, you forced yourself to meet people and you forced yourself to step outside your shell, but I knew it wasn't my calling. And so I decided that I wanted to travel because when I graduated from college, all my friends did their trip to Europe. And I was trying to be really responsible. Mm. And so I thought I need to get a job right away. And I never did my trip to Europe. So I called my parents one day and I said, Mom, Dad, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go backpack through Europe. And when I told them I had something to share with them, they thought I was going to say I wanted to go to graduate school. So they were kind of shocked because I had never expressed this to them at any point. And I never traveled internationally except Mexico. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that was the farthest out of the country I'd ever been. So they were pretty opposed to it. I think they were nervous of me traveling by myself. Mm -hmm. Um... 
but I said, I'm going to do this. I cashed out what little I had in my 401k and I brought my Eurorail pass. Who was doing this with you? <laughs> Nobody. Wow. I did it by myself. Ooh, you have guts. Well, my friends had already gone to Europe, so yeah. this was my chance, finally. They were settling into their cubicle somewhere. Yes, okay. and I had decided um, I wanted to switch careers, and I thought public relations sounded interesting. So before I left, I did informational interviews with PR agency, a person publicist for the mm. Star, somebody that did PR in-house, and I thought, okay, this is interesting. I like this. And, and what I failed to mention is um, when I was in high school in student council or ASB, um, I was the PR person. That was my role at the school. And so I'd already dabbled in PR, not even really even remembering that I had done that. Well, like, you're really thing. making posters for pep rallies. Okay. <laughs> but, and you send in the picture of the homecoming court uh, to this experience. local paper. Mm -hmm. You know, you're pulling together decorations for dances, that sort of thing. Mm. So I thought, okay, PR sounds great. So I wrote up all my cover letters, I updated my resume, and you know, I, and you, you sent them in the mail at this time. This is, there's there no email. Or you faxed them. Yeah, <laughs> you faxed them. If was, you had a fax machine. You used to do a lot of faxing. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, me too. Um, so I would, I, I pulled those together and then I said, now it's time to go to Europe. So I kept all my resumes to the side and I took off and I went to Europe backpacking for a month. Yes. And it was the most amazing time and I just loved it. And so my time there was done and I thought, I can't wait to come back here another, another day. And I got home, I dropped my resumes into the mail and I got a job maybe two or three weeks later mm -hmm. at a small PR agency. And I didn't have any PR experience. So the way I sold myself in is I said, oh, I'm the salesperson. I can bring in accounts while I'm learning PR. Mm -hmm. And so I came in and just kind of volunteered for everything. You know, I was writing press releases or trying to call reporters. And Where were you living? And I was living in Manhattan Beach at the okay. time. Mm -hmm. and, and so eventually... I was a publicist there. It was a small agency. It was one of the first tech PR agencies. And after being there a few years, they decided they wanted to open an office in San Francisco. And so I said, okay, I'll volunteer, which was unusual because um, I love Manhattan Beach. I love the beach lifestyle. I played volleyball four days a week on the beach. I had a really close group of friends, but I just wanted to live in a city and see what that was like. Mm -hmm. And I did have some friends up there. And so they said, okay. So I packed my bags. I went and found the office space, set up our little office there and, and started getting accounts and managing accounts in the Bay Area. And eventually... It was like your own little business. It was like my yeah. own little business. Mm -hmm. um, and it was hard, you know, but it was, it got me up to San Francisco, which was the most important thing and kind of breaking out into a new area. And then I thought, you know, I really want to work in-house and see what it's like working for an actual company. And I got a job at a company called Creative Labs. They make soundboards and speakers, um, computer speakers at the time. And it was a great job. I had a wonderful boss, Rick Mylenbeck. And I had opportunities to volunteer for things there. For example, we had a sales team that was going down to South America and they were looking for uh, resellers of products there. And so I said, why don't we do press tours down there? Why don't we go oh, cool. down there and, and do some PR? And so I said, I'll be in charge of PR for South America. And so we would have our head of sales would be down there meeting with retailers and distributors and 
I would go too, and I would hire agencies in South America. Nice. And we would have press tours. And, and I remember while they were doing sales meetings in between our press events, I would be on a tour bus, like <laughs> seeing Buenos Aires, <laughs> you know, trying to it take it all in. And, you know, I had opportunities to go to Brazil and Argentina and Peru and Mexico and Chile. And uh, it was just amazing. Wow. And, you know, we would do this over a matter of weeks. It was a fast trip, but I just loved it. But you were like saying yes to everything. I was saying yes to everything. Yeah, I just wanted to try it all. And I figured, you know, I had no ties. I might as well do it. Mm-hmm. And nobody was doing the PR there. So I said, why not? Um So I did that for a number of years, and then I was recruited by one of our PR agencies that we used in the States. Um, It was Coppathorne and Bellows. They eventually became Porter Nobelli, which is one of the the larger worldwide agencies. They're owned by Omnicom. And so I went to a big agency now, which was a much different experience than where I started. And and I loved it. They we worked with high tech clients, and it was right during the dot com boom. Mm. So literally, people would be stopping us in parking lots, going, "We need you to do PR." And so I had these amazing opportunities to put on uh, press tours and <laughs> and travel to New York and Boston. And again, it was like an opportunity. I'd never been to New York before. Mm-hmm. So in between press meetings, my clients and I would say, can we go to the top of the Empire State Building? We'll be back. (laughs) Yeah, we have an hour to spare. Let's go in this museum. And I had an opportunity then to just really even travel more. And we were putting on huge press events and getting great coverage for our clients. And, you know, the tech industry was really booming. And it, it it was just so much fun. And... Uh, I did that for a number of years, and then I decided I was ready to come back down to Southern California. San Francisco was amazing, and but I really wanted to buy a home, which was difficult to do in San Francisco. And my family was down here. My sister was pregnant with her first child, and I just wanted to make my way back down to the beach. Mm. So I thought, you know what, I want to go to San Diego, which was only about an hour from where my parents lived, and my sister was in San Diego. And so I got a job down in San Diego. Mm-hmm. How and, old are you at this point? Oh, I was in, I was probably around 28. Okay. So I came down, I bought a place within six months, and ironically... 28-year-old buying a house in San Diego. Well, it was a townhouse, That's which I still live in, but it's by the beach. Awesome. It's, you know, and it's, it's gone up in value quite a bit <laughs> since Yay. then. Um, and it was funny because everyone in San Diego said, oh, the, the prices are so high. You're like, just you know, wait. And I said, it's all relative. Mm-hmm. In San Francisco, this is a deal. Mm-hmm. And, and I love where I live now, and it's just a great location. And so I did PR down here. And eventually I ended up at Active Network, which is, as you know, a big company. It does online registration for races and events. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is my dream job. I love it here. Um, Were you already into endurance sports or did you have athletics growing up? I did. Because you were so busy with all this other stuff. Did you have time for that? Yeah, running was always a part of my life. You know, I learned... I learned pretty early on, probably about third or fourth grade, that I could run pretty fast because the boys couldn't catch me when they were playing chase. Uh And then in junior high school, um, you know, they would have running tests for school. And and I was always kind of winning or coming in second. And I thought, this is fun. And, you know, especially when you're moving around a lot, it was nice to have this thing that I knew I was really good at. Mm -hmm. And so going into high school, doing track was – it was – it was a natural for me. I knew I was going to do it. And I ended up being the, the captain of our track team. 
and I had a small, I was offered a small scholarship to UCI, but it was, you know, probably enough to pay for my school books, mm-hmm, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I decided I wanted to really leave home and have a bigger experience in college. So I went off to Santa Barbara and, and I didn't run while I was there. Okay. Um, I joined a sorority and had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always ran. I, and I, to this day, I still run. So I, I run the La Jolla half marathon every year. I've done it for 13 years now, probably. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whereas before I was always trying to beat my time. Now I'm just celebrating the fact that I can still do them injury free and still feel really good about them Mm -hmm. and celebrated the beer garden at the end. Um, I dabbled in triathlons as well. Okay. Um, when I lived in Manhattan Beach, I tried a few, and then uh, I've done some out here, some sprints and so forth. And I did do a marathon. I did the LA Marathon once. Um, that was interesting. It was right before I moved to San Francisco, and I remember I was watching the LA Marathon on television. I just happened to turn it on. And it was towards the finish. And I was seeing these people of all shapes and sizes mm-hmm. crossing the finish yeah, line. You so probably awesome. had this experience as well. And you thought, oh, my gosh, they can do this. You don't have to run the whole thing. What, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. what does this mean? And you, you don't can, have to win. And you don't have you to win. You don't have to get a great time. And I thought, I want to do that. Yeah. And so one year later, I ran it. And I was in San Francisco by this time. I had moved just shortly thereafter. And I trained by myself because <laughs> I didn't have any friends that were running at the time. And it was the rainiest season we had had in years. And I ran most of my, I think there was one month where maybe it didn't, two days that it didn't rain. It was a month before my triath- my marathon. You were building your mental resilience. I was building my mental <laughs> resilience. Um, but I did it. And, and then and I got the time I wanted and I was really happy. And then I thought, OK, check that off. I didn't really have a desire to do yeah. anymore. I'm more of a shorter uh, distance runner. Well, half, half marathon is not exactly short. But no, yeah, but that's all, about as long yeah. as I'll go now. Uh-huh. So but it was but I have always loved running and, and I still run. And, you know, my favorite thing to do is run in Torrey Pines up in, yeah, on the trails. And it's running's a meditation for me. You know, mm-hmm. whenever you're having a bad day, you go for a run and you come back a new person. Well, the interesting thing is you moved to active.com yeah. and started working for them and you didn't feel pressured to do like every race and all these, no. like there wasn't that kind of space. You still were doing what was true to you. Yeah. You know, it was, it was perfect because it was a blending of my background, which was high tech PR, which they're a technology company mm-hmm. with the things I loved. And while I was there, it was a much smaller company than it is now. And while I was there, they had a boot camp class at this, uh, one of our employees, Arch, started. And we would get dozens of people out at lunch doing these boot camp workouts, you know, and we eventually had a whole trailer and equipment. And then we started doing triathlons and raising money for causes in San Diego. These were all employees? These were all employees. It was really, really wonderful experience. It was a great company. You know, it's... And while I was there, I thought, this is the last company I'm ever going to work for. I'm going to work here forever my whole life, which sounds so funny and naive now because who has ever had one company <laughs> or worked Nobody. for one company their well, whole life? Prior generations that are now yeah. 90 maybe worked for one company. You know, yeah. and at the time when I started, I think there was maybe 500 employees total. And by the time I left there, there was just 500 employees in that office and they had 2,000 employees. They were getting ready to go public. They went public. They went private. They moved to Texas. And... Then they've been sold twice, I think, since then. So there's mm-hmm. there's nothing forever. But while I was at Active, I just loved it. There was such a group, great group of people. And, you know, we had this kind of fitness connection as well. But I had this idea for a business 
And what happened was we had a lot of different divisions at Active Network, and there, one of the divisions was a golf division from a company they had acquired. And our golf salespeople would always come up to me saying, hey, there's this golf wire thing. We need to be in this because all of our competitors are in it. And it was basically a newsletter that had press releases of golf companies in the industry. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. They want to be in it because everybody else is in it. So it's creating this need for itself, you mm -hmm. know. And, and at the same time, I was also pulling together articles for our executives just to keep them informed in terms of what was happening in our industry. We had a lot the of different buzz. divisions and I just mm -hmm. wanted to add value to our executives by pulling together this news for them mm -hmm. so they didn't have to do it themselves. And I thought, you know, there's some sort of interesting connection here um, because we had this endurance division and they always wanted to do press releases. And not always, the press releases weren't always the most newsworthy thing. Mm -hmm. You know, they wanted to say, hey, we just signed this race. Where can you get us in? Where can we get press with this, this, this news? And I thought, there's not a lot of publications that are going to be interested in hearing that you are now doing online registration for this marathon. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, you know, we need a place to share this news. And we had traditional press release distribution services like PR Newswire and Businesswire and PR Web. But they cost quite a bit of money to use. And, you know, for that type of news, it didn't seem a worthwhile investment necessarily. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, we really need an affordable way for our endurance sports community, not only active, but everyone, to get news to the very specific reporters and people in our industry. Because PR Newswire and Businesswire and all these other great services, they were great at getting news broadly, but they didn't even have a triathlon list or even a running list I don't think and I thought you know I think there's a need here and so while I was at active I started getting up at like six in the morning to work and I would be online opening up different sites and pulling out news that I thought would be interesting to our industry and I would just post them on a Twitter account that okay. I had set up mm -hmm. and because I, I just wanted to see if there was enough news there first of all and I thought okay there is and then I was also getting interest from companies wanting me to do PR for them, like events and products. And while I was at Active, you know, there was a lot of changes going on. We were getting ready to go public. And I got a new boss. I was reporting to somebody new. And I think she really wanted to kind of make her own stamp of approval with our division. And so there was an opportunity for me to leave Active. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, this is what I want to do. And it was kind of a big risk because at the same time, a few years earlier, when I was in my early 40s, I had a burning desire to be a mother. Mm. And I had always known I wanted to be a mother, but I wasn't married at the time. And But my desire to be a mother was greater than my desire to be married. <laughs> and I was running out of time. Nothing personal. <laughs> Nothing People. personal. But I knew I would eventually end up with somebody. I wasn't worried about that. But, you know, I wasn't getting any younger. And I had also a few years earlier gone through um, this personal growth seminar where we put together kind of a blueprint for how we wanted our life. And the thing that came out of that that was so strong to me is I said, I want to be a mother and I want to have a career 
where I can spend time with my child and really make an impact and, and have a job that gives me flexibility and money. And so here I am, you know, two years later, I decided to adopt a child on my own. So, and it was the most wonderful experience ever. It was about a year from the moment I walked into the adoption agency to holding him in my arms. He's how old now? He's nine now. Okay. So he's What's been with name? me since birth. His name is Sam. Oh, yeah. yeah he's love great. Him already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, you were and still at active. I was still at active okay. at the time. And they, my, our CEO, who was my boss at the time, knew I was trying, I was going through the adoption process. And he actually adopted his two children as well. But nobody knew that an opportunity had come up and it was eminent. So, you know, and every day I would, I would go, gosh, am I going to be going on maternity leave this day? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. because I knew I had, I had somebody who was going to be having a baby. I didn't know what the due date was, mm -hmm. but I knew a baby was coming. And you know, of course my family knew. And then one day I was out running with some friends and, uh, I get home and the phone rang and my social worker said, your son's been born. <gasps> and I was like, what? <coughs> they had been trying to reach me, but she was calling my home number instead of my cell. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a mom. She's like, you're a mom. And so I called my parents. We rushed to the hospital and, and I met my son. Oh and my the gosh. hospital was wonderful. And they let me stay there that night with him and with him in my room. And, you know, it was just great. And so... I brought my son home and it was all so fast and it happened so quickly. You know, I hadn't really, <laughs> it's amazing how little you need to really have a child. Yeah. So, you know, we quickly got home and said, oh my gosh, we need to get some formula. <laughs> <laughs> this beautiful son wants to eat. Yes. My son wants to eat. They, they hooked me up with some infamil before I left, but <laughs> You know, we had the cradle my dad had made for my nephew, and, you know, we had, and friends had dropped off tons of equipment, because so by now I had cool. sent emails to the world, you know, yeah. my closest friend saying, I'm a mom, and some, and not all of them knew I was even trying to adopt, so mm -hmm. it was a, it was a big celebration. My mom moved in the first few weeks and helped with night feedings, and and I took maternity leave for three months, just like any other awesome. new mom, awesome. so it was, it was just this wonderful experience. Um... And so then a year later, a year and a half later, I went out on my own with this little newborn baby. Because was, your new life really needed that. You yeah. were on that path anyway. You I was knew, on you that. You knew it was ultimately. I didn't know how it was going to happen. Purpose. I didn't know how I was going to become a mother. And I didn't know where this career path was going to take me. But I'm a believer, you know, as you said, it, you say yes to things. Yeah. And it all kind of just works out. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I now had my own business. And I had a couple PR accounts on the side while okay. I was trying to get what my company, Endurance Sportswire, is now up and running. Little baby. I was working out of a home office, and then I also um, decided I needed a co-working space. I just needed a workplace. I actually had, um, I was really fortunate. I found a nanny when I went back to, came back from maternity leave. A wonderful woman, Anna, who moved in with me. Because mm -hmm. I had this three-bedroom <laughs> place by myself. And, um, so I had a kind of live in full-time nanny who helped me. Mm -hmm. So, which ironically for anyone who's looking for help, it was a more affordable option than having him in daycare because mm -hmm. I had this room with room and board. So it worked out wonderfully. So she was kind of my wife. Mm -hmm. She kind of helped run yeah. the house and keep things going while I was kind of bringing in the money and starting my own business. Yeah. 
Um, and it allowed you to be there a, ma- a majority of the time too, yeah. at home office and you know yeah. be available. But I did know I recognized pretty early on that I needed an office and a professional environment to work in. So well, um, focus and focus. <laughs> you know, it was great when I was there. You know, they would bring up breakfast to me. My son would <laughs> bring up my breakfast, and it was really cute. But you know, you want to play with them and yeah. do things. Yeah, heartstrings. <laughs> you're like, I think I would rather be over here right exactly, now. Exactly. Exactly. So. Um, I found uh, a group called Hera Hub. I knew the founder, and it's a which big, is where we are. Which is where right we are right now. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I know. I want to create one of these, or maybe a couple of these, in this space. You can. As well, you can. They have a model, business model allows you to do that. So, I came to Hera Hub, which is basically a co-working space for women entrepreneurs. And so they have offices that you can rent, they have an open environment you can work in, and it was a really easy and affordable way to get in an office environment and get ready for work, you know, Mm -hmm. get out of your sweats Mm -hmm. (laughs) and go to work and um, connect with other women business owners. And um, I love that. And and I come here about half the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I, especially when I'm on a deadline. And so I started working at Hera Hub. I started my business. And really at the time, I was having to work on PR accounts. And I had a PR agency I called the Wilmot Group. Um, but my my real desire was to start endurance sportswear. This business I had, I idea I had to start a press release distribution service for the endurance sports community. And so... What year was that launch? Endurance that sportswear. was 2011. Okay. And so, so we just, it's been about a little over eight years now. And so what I did is I hired a developer to build a website for me. And I had a list of reporters and industry people. It was probably maybe like 2,000 people at the time who was mm-hmm. going to be my distribution list. Mm-hmm. So the way the model worked is... I was just running around asking people to post press releases through our website. Mm-hmm. And I was giving them like 30 or 60 days free just to post press releases because I just needed content okay. to get on there. Yeah. yeah. And I said, for unlimited press releases, just post. And, you know, I would look for the press releases and ask people, can you set up an account and post this on here for free? I want news on there. And we didn't have a lot of news in the beginning, so I was also looking up news online, other interesting B2B news that I thought people might be interested in, that I thought was interesting. And so I would, Yeah, and I would include those on our website and link back to the, the source of the news, of course, and then also include them in this newsletter. And at the time, I think it went out twice a week. Um, now it goes out four days a week, and then we have a weekly summary. We have another sponsorship newsletter, so it's it's pretty much daily these you have days. Job listings, yeah, and we have job listings. Um, so it's I started doing that, and I remember the first time I had to send out the newsletter. I was so scared. I never sent out an email to two thousand people before, and I thought, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And I was um, having lunch or coffee with somebody, and I, I started looking at it, and I'm seeing all these people open it. Yeah, <laughs> I was using Mailchimp at the time, and yeah, and I'm like, oh my gosh, people are opening it. They're actually looking at this thing. <laughs> and I thought, wow, this is great. And so more and more people started using the service, and, and then I had to start charging people, of course, and. And but I was still thought of myself as this PR agency. Mm. I didn't really think of as endurance sportswear as a legit business yet. It was something I was trying to go grow, but I didn't have enough money from it to give up PR yet. Mm-hmm. So there was 
there was this one moment that kind of made me realize like it's really time to make the jump full time into endurance sportswear. I was um, at the Running USA show um, conference and I was speaking there with um, Ambie Burfoot. We oh, were doing yeah, PR. Yeah, yeah, we were doing a PR um, session. I had talked to them into letting me be a speaker. These people didn't even know who I was, but at the time, now I love everybody at Running USA and. Um, and it's hard to actually even speak there now. <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> so I was doing a session on PR and I was doing it as the Wilmot group. But I had both cards. I had my Wilmot group cards and I had my endurance sports wire cards. Mm. And I didn't really even know a lot of people in the running industry at the time. And so I'm just here using my networking skills, you know, that I developed over the years to just introduce myself to people and so I, I would tell them what I did, and then I would say, oh, yeah, and I have this service called Endurance Sportswear. And people were like, oh, my gosh, I read that newsletter. I love that thing. That's you? That's mm-hmm. you? <laughs> exactly. And I thought, okay, let's put away the Wilmot group cards and start pulling out the Endurance Sportswear cards. And I was like, I came back from there thinking, wow, people really like this, and they're reading it, and they're finding it valuable. And so it continued growing, and I thought, okay, I need to focus even more on this business so that I can retire the PR side. I just really wanted to, you know, when you're passionate about something, you just want to do it all the time. You can't stop. No, no. And so within a year, year and a half of starting that business, I retired from PR. And it was kind of a leap of faith, too. It probably was a little early. <laughs> Your whole life is, life is a leap of faith. <laughs> I'm really just going to point that out. Yeah. That's <laughs> who you are. And it, uh, you know, and so I started doing endurance sportswear full time. And now here we are eight years later and we have over 10,000 people that get the newsletter. That's unbelievable. Yeah, we have so cool. hundreds of companies that use the service. Yes. And, um, you know, people tell me all the time, you know, they say, oh, it's the first email I open every day to find out what's happening in our industry. So it's kind of taken on a life of itself and almost become like the source for B2B news in the running cycling endurance industry, yeah. running cycling triathlon industry. And I love what I do every day. So we have a job board as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people post jobs to... You know, one cool thing about yeah. it that I have really appreciated and noticed in, you know, my peers are all in this industry, right? Is it helps us feel like we have a better pulse on what's happening in the industry professionally yes but it also helps us feel like we're part of a community yeah right because we're now in this digital age we were talking about this earlier where there's so much disconnect and we're all living in our little bubbles and we're communicating through email or text or very limited modes of communication rather than this personalized relationship stuff that we really enjoy um it kind of brings that back yeah you know and people will text me ping me and vice versa we're like oh i saw you were in the news or i heard this thing about you or whatever or random people will even and it it just adds another human piece to the industry back into the industry i would say and it creates relationships that didn't exist and it solidifies relationships that did but it helps us stay connected so thank you for that oh no problem it's i didn't really realize it at the time Mm -hmm. too because i do get people that say oh my gosh i posted that press release and i got so many phone calls about that news and i'm like high five yeah people are like you know high-fiving virtually (laughs) i just had a reporter contact me from um saying, can I reprint that press release on my site? It was a Utah newspaper, and I'm like, well, yes, that's what we want you to do. (laughs) Yes, please. And then interestingly, you know, I've had media outlets 
Um, actually, it was Runner's World. Someone from Runner's World contacted me at the time. I think it was in their PR department saying, hey, how come how can we get more of our articles in your newsletter? <laughs> because I'll link to certain articles that are interesting to people or that I think will be interesting to people. And I thought, oh, how interesting that reporters are actually contacting us to see how exactly. they can get their news included in our stream. Yeah. Um, in addition to they're getting story ideas from the press releases that they're reading. Mm -hmm. So it really took a life of its own. And, and you know, it was it's just been fun. It also makes you realize, too, how friendly and welcoming the endurance sports community is. Yes. You know, yes. I, I think I was telling you earlier, um, when I left active, I as much as I was involved in the endurance sports community, I didn't know that many people. Mm -hmm. I was in our offices talking to reporters and doing my work. And when you start your own business, you really have to step outside and start calling people you don't know. And <laughs> You know, putting my, yourself out there, putting yourself again. out there, and I was scared to do it. You know, even though I had all this sales experience, I really was shy and nervous of rejection and all the things you go through as a new business owner. And I remember I, I thought, oh, you know, I really need to connect with this person. Somebody told me I should call them, and then I'm like, okay, I'll email them. And as soon as I said that, I'm like, don't email, pick up the phone. Yeah. You know, and my whole yeah. motto at the time was you know, turn fear into fearless. Anytime I was nervous to do it, yes. I said, that means I need to do it right now. That's awesome. <laughs> and so I had to. So that got me through a lot. And then you do that and you start talking to this person and they're so friendly and welcoming and mm -hmm. they want to help you. And, you know, I remember when I, when I left active and I needed PR clients, you know, uh, I have to say Rob Smith, who's a really good friend of mine. He was working at active at the time. He really introduced me to lots of companies that, um, I became PR clients that helped me get through that hump until I can, you know, do endurance sportswire full time. Mm -hmm. So then a few years later, I started outdoor sportswire as well. Mm -hmm. So same thing as endurance sportswire, but really focused on companies in the outdoor sports industry. So anything you would do in REI, mm -hmm. <laughs> any yeah. sport that REI would cover. And so that company is growing as well. And and it's been this crazy, wild ride. So now I get to run a business and then do carpools all at the same yes. time for my how, son. How is your son doing? Um, he's great. He's nine. He's just this interesting, amazing person. And he's just a little laugh. So, <laughs> yeah, he, run, I, he runs begrudgingly. <laughs> is mommyhood what you thought it would be? That and more. Uh -huh. You know, it's so better. It's, it's awesome, so great. So. You know, like I said, I used to love to travel. And I had done a lot of pretty amazing other trips after Europe as well on my own. Mm. Um, but, you know, my adventures, although I don't travel internationally as much now, and I know we will, um, you know, the adventures are smaller now. So, mm. and it's more, it's so exciting seeing it through a smaller kid's eyes. So it's really, it's, it's been amazing. And you've got him running, you said? You know, he doesn't love running so much, but he's, but ironically, he probably does at least a couple 5Ks a year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we do a 4th of July 5K. Oh, and, cool. you know, we'll do a little Solana Beach Beach Run 5K. And we'll throw some other ones, hikes and stuff in there. And, you know, there's a lot of walking in those 5Ks. But mm -hmm. as long as we're out sure. there kind of bonding and he's, yeah. you know, I just want him to experience health and fitness and know that that's a part of our lifestyle, my, my lifestyle and our lifestyle. And I'm in a relationship now, so... Um, my boyfriend and his stepdaughter, we all live together and our family. And, um, so we have a teenager in the family oh, too now. Cool. <laughs> She's going to be a sophomore in high school. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so, you know, we'll all do 
you know, maybe a, a 5K together or um, go on a hike together. And, you know, sometimes we're dragging them, sure. you know, but totally. uh, they always are happy they did it at the end. And it also allows them to, and actually your whole family unit, to like mm-hmm. experience the industry that you're so attached to. It's such a, a huge part of who you are as a person. So that's just an extension, right? It's like bringing yeah. them to events and letting them see that. I think that's so huge too, right? Like in terms of making an influence on raising good humans. Yeah. Having them see why is my mom self-employed? Why does she spend so much time in this industry? What does this mean to her? And what does it really look like? Because it's a human-based industry. We're in the business of humans. Like, I don't even know, is there anything better? And sometimes it's crazy making. You know, we're self-employed. It's a crap load of work. It is. But we're in the business of human beings. Well, and you know, there's always kind of this Everyone always says, do something you're passionate about. Find your passion and do it. And other people mm-hmm. are like, you really have to do hard work so you, you can do the things you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And Balance. I do feel like um, I did luck out, you know, in terms of I do have a company that I love running because I'm so interested in entrepreneurship anyway. But it is around things I'm interested in love as well, you know. So I felt I really won the lottery in that sense. Well, um, to be clear, it's still a lot of work. <laughs> it is a lot of work, but you, you know, know I do get up every day. <laughs> I do get up every day super excited, like, uh-huh. what am I going to do today with my business, you know? And you've taken so many risks, which, which is also entrepreneurship. But, you know, that that's a huge part of who you are as an individual and your life path yeah. from the beginning is what we just heard, right? Like, you're, you are a leap of faith person. You know, and it's funny, I never really thought of myself that way because I always wanted the corporate job. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want... You did? Yes. I, I, <laughs> I, and I still am like, oh, I'm not really an entrepreneur, you know. I know what? I am. Yeah. But I always wanted a corporate job. And maybe it comes from having moved so much. You know, you just wanted to have something solid and mm-hmm. stable and settled. But... Yeah, my life does not look like that at all. <laughs> I think you just get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. So, and if you had that, you'd probably be pretty restless. Probably. And, you know, and I think a lot of it, too, is creating a support system. So, you know, we talked earlier, I have mastermind groups mm-hmm. that really help me to feel comfortable taking those leaps. I belong to two different mastermind groups, which is essentially... A group of women, it could be men too, you know, but mine just happen to be women focused, that we get together on a monthly basis and we talk about our businesses, the challenges we're having, we get advice from each other. And it's great to be able to bounce those ideas off of each other. None of them are in the endurance sports community, interestingly. You know, they all have different businesses in different industries, which I think is kind of a benefit in some ways. You know, they see my business in a way that I don't. Mm And we're a great support system, not only to help support each other in our successes and where we're having challenges, but also holding each other accountable to kind of get us out of our comfort zone again. Mm -hmm. So that's been real beneficial. And I recommend anybody who has their own business find a mastermind group or a group of just, it doesn't even have to be called a mastermind group, Mm -hmm. but just a group of individuals that have businesses that you can meet and hold each other accountable or support each other and brainstorm with on a regular basis. Yeah, and I'm moving more towards that collaborative model myself, and that's some of the reaching out that you and I, conversations we've mm-hmm. had, is like, what does that look like for, whether it's women in the industry, which is a major passion point that we share, but also like small business owners, and in particular, 
young women getting into business and mentoring them and then women that are already in business, you know, at different levels, just having those collaborative opportunities, whether we're going to do projects together or we're going to support one another in our very different projects, sharing resources, sharing intelligence, sharing Mm -hmm. sanity or lack thereof many days of the week, right? And just being able to have those conversations in a very, you know, professional, but yet personal environment. And yeah. feel supported. Well, and kind of along that line, too, you and I talked about a couple years ago, I was at the Triathlon Business International Conference, and I looked around, and I thought, gosh, there's not very many women here. Where are we? And I was kind of tracking everybody down. Every time I saw a woman, I'd run up and introduce myself and, you know, try and find... I, my goal was to try and find every woman there, because I felt like we needed a way to kind of connect And so I started, this was a year and a half ago, and I started this Facebook group kind of on a whim. And it's called Women in the Business of Endurance Sports. Very short name, as you can imagine. (laughs) But that's exactly what it's called on Facebook. You can find it by that. And I just invited women who I knew read Endurance Sports Wire and other women in the business and that I knew. And I said, hey, will you guys sign up for this Facebook group? And so while I was at this Triathlon Business International Conference, I I told them all about this Facebook group. And I said, sign up. It would be great for us to connect outside of this event. And I said to myself, you know what? One year later, we're going to have a happy hour at this event with all the women who are here. And so I was super excited because this year in January or February, I was at the Triathlon Business International Conference and we had probably over 40 women. We all got together for a cocktail party and actually Triathlon Business International, TBI, they were great about helping me pull together the happy hour. I told them what I wanted to do. They got space for us. I got some sponsors. So we had drinks. We put together, um, because it was the first one, we put together little gift bags for Mm -hmm. all the women who attended. And um, we had this happy hour. And what made it even better is Sarah Hartman, who works for the Ironman Foundation, she had also approached me prior to ask me to be on a committee to help put together a women's mentorship group. And it's called TBIW, so it's through Triathlon Business International. And we launched it at that cocktail party. And it's just getting ready to go live. And essentially what it is, is it's a mentorship group for women in the triathlon business, but it could be running industry as well, Okay. to connect mentors with mentees to help each other in the industry. I'm totally in on Yeah, this. so yeah, you, yes. and you know, you could be, you would be a great mentor, first of I all. So, because I know that. I do to support it. Yeah. This is awesome. Okay. So it'll probably be going live in the next few weeks. And um, basically the application process will be opening. Mm-hmm. So you can sign up to be a mentor, you can sign up to be a mentee, or both, you know, in some cases. And we will match, and it's free, we'll match up um, people with mentors, and they'll have an opportunity to get together once a month uh, and really help each other in the business and give back. And the women in the business of endurance sports, that's going to be kind of the Facebook platform where we can meet and share ideas as well. We actually already have um, over 300 women on that Facebook group, which is great, sharing and supporting each other. And then at next year's TBI conference, um, all the women in this program will be invited to come and meet in person as well. Yeah. So we'll have another happy hour. Yes. So it'll be great. Um, so it's, you know, it's interesting being in 
mastermind groups and supporting each other has kind of led me back to how can I give back or how can we support each other as women in the endurance sports industry as well. Oh, absolutely. I love, love, love this. I really love working with um, like high school uh, gals who are just getting ready to graduate. Where are they going with their career path? Or college students who are looking like what's the next level for them? Mm -hmm. Young women in business or whatever their process might look like. Maybe they're not in business, right? They're just really trying to understand who am I? What is my purpose? Where am I going next? All of that kind of stuff. Because it's so flipping hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, right? We've been there, done that. That journey was incredibly difficult. And so the more resources you can put towards these young women, yeah, um, it's changing the face of the business, of the world, the business world for sure, but it's specific to our industry and you know where our passion lies. It looks completely different than it did a year ago. Oh, gosh, five yes. years ago. I mean, you and I have been in this industry for a while. Like it, it looks so radically different, and it's so fun to think like, what's next? Well, and even like now, there's more women on the board of the TB of TBI. You know, is just in the last year or so because yeah. there's just been so much more attention mm-hmm. to women making an impact in our industry. Mm-hmm. So. And for a long time, women have been growing the sport, mm-hmm. the economic engine of the sport. So it only makes sense that we are in leadership positions. Yeah, no, I agree. Helping to support that next step. So the entire industry is healthy. I mean, really, and can go where it needs to go because there's a lot of changes. Let's talk about that a little bit. So you've been in PR for over 20 years. Yes. (laughs) Not to age ourselves, but, you know, we've seen a few things. And then in this industry specifically, because you have this super cool perspective behind the scenes, and you get to see like what's happening in the underground of the industry. It's so it's so fun. I'm sure you see good and bad there, but you know, yeah. mostly I want to hear from you. Um, what have you seen in terms of big major changes that maybe surprised you? And then maybe some insight into what you're seeing is around the corner for us. Well, you know, I, I see all, we've put out 12,000 press releases what? since we've been founded. So I see all the news that comes through. So wow. the good, bad, and the you ugly. read it all. Yeah. And also I do get occasionally people sending me emails like, hey, you should check out this company or, hey, have you heard this? You know, gossip, gossip stuff, stuff too. Yeah. But so I, I see a lot of news that comes across. And I think, you know, a couple years ago and maybe even a year ago, there was a, a dip in terms of participation, mm-hmm. you know, it was a lot more competitive. A lot of events were disappearing or consolidating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do feel like that's starting to turn now. And But the endurance sports industry looks different than it did before. Yeah. You know, I think it's people exciting. are having to get more creative and... It's not all about triathlon. Right. Or running <laughs> a marathon. Or, or it's a different version of a triathlon. You know, yeah. what does that look like? And how, you know, there was the color runs and the, run runs. the Spartan races mm-hmm. and all these, you know, especially with the color runs, you know, we can have a glow run, we can have this kind of run. And, and, you know, people are like, that's going to make marathons and 10 Ks go away. You know, that never happened. A lot of those, um, trends, trends have gone too. Yeah. Um, but it also, I think is really important because it makes organizations and race directors look at their events in new ways and how can we keep this interesting and engaging and and make it fun for the people who are participating so I think it only added value and I do see that you know while participation may be flat or growing or even dipping a little bit 
you know, it's it's keeping maybe people in the industry for longer, participants in the industry longer and more mm-hmm. dedicated to what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. it, it like any business, there's going to be cycles. Absolutely. So I don't get, yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think it's life. I think it's healthy, you know, as owning Ray Slow, mm-hmm. obviously not yeah. for women. It's you like have a really to good continuously mm-hmm. keep an eye on what's happening next, but to be invested in the future, mm-hmm. like the whole millennial movement and everything that's changed with the industry around that whole new audience that we have. I think it's freaking awesome. Like to me, it's super exciting to do yeah. new things and be creative and think outside the box and collaborate in different yeah, ways. And you have to, I mean, you I look at to, right? every year I sit down and I look at my business and I go, what two big initiatives or big changes I'm going to make in my business this year? Because I can't sit still. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you can't cause it's your personality. <laughs> I but also that too. you shouldn't because you're a small business owner, you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. It's just in, it's in your blood. Yeah, you have to look and make two major changes. So, you know, one year it was like, I'm going to start Outdoor Sportswear. I'm going to offer a new way to people for people to purchase our product, you know, whatever it may be. You know, okay. this year we're getting ready to completely change our website. And it's going to be in this amazing and new way. But, you know, I have to do a big initiative every year to, to help change with the times and, and grow. So, but that's the exciting part about it, too. You can't just sit still. So, what... Do you think's around the corner, and why are you pivoting your business a little bit too? Are you seeing anything that is on the horizon that you think is really interesting, or? Um, you know, well, with endurance sportswear in particular, you know, we've been this great source to help people get their press release and their news out, and we work really closely with other media outlets and we need to just look like a media outlet too. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a source for news. I don't want to compete with them because we. We love to send traffic to these websites for other news um, news sites, and we want to send them news that maybe will give them ideas for stories. Um, but you know, we need to be a big boy now, and we need to, look, you know, well, it's next interesting. Level. Yeah, next we need level. to be next level, and you should always be thinking bigger than you are. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's just fun to do. I'm just super passionate about my business and our industry and and what's to come because it changes all the time. So I guess I do embrace change. Yes, yes, you do. Well, in closure, uh, in terms of yourself as a human being and with your young family, like you got anything fun planned? What are the things outside of work besides, you know, doing what you love for a living, which is obviously a huge part of who you are as a human, but in terms of your family or your personal goals, what's next for for you guys? Let's see. I think... For me, with the kids being at kind of the ages they are, it's really about just doing things together. <laughs> yes. Well, especially teenage. Yeah. Okay. So you we can still see. do family dinner as much as we're busy. Still, <laughs> we try to do family sit down family dinners every okay. day. You know, it's this summer is really about how many. Let's do some more camping trips. Okay. Oh, you know, let's okay, do cool. and ours are local. I mean, I'm in Solana Beach. You know, we have San Alejo Campground that's ten minutes from us. Okay. If we can get a camp spot there at the beach. You know, it's great and it's easy to set up. It's easy to tear down, but it gets you and the kids and and their friends all in one place and, and just spending time together. Mm -hmm. And so it's not big, you know, it's just being outside. I just bought a stand up paddle board. So, well, maybe there's another one around the corner to get the kids (laughs) out and about more. And Mm -hmm. for me, you know, it's always been my goal. It's just family and spending time and figuring out how I can create a life where I can, 
be a business owner and mm-hmm. be um, hopefully good mom all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, and a community member. Yeah. Like you're very community oriented. That's why you work in a shared workspace. You do all these collaborative yeah, projects. It's fun. You're you're giving back and you're involved in the industry in a lot of different ways. You're not sitting in your office doing your. I feel like I get so much out of it though more than I give probably, but that's because I'm just this. I'm sucking it all in. I'm just taking it all in. So uh-huh. there's so much to learn and get from other people, you know, and and give back too. I don't realize I'm giving back, but. I think I am in in a way. That's probably why we're drawn to this mentor type of project yeah. and then working with other people is there is, we do get so much out of it. We do. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you don't even realize you're doing it because you just get so much happiness from it, you know? Yeah, joy. And in watching other people succeed in this industry, you know, with their, if, if their path is entrepreneurship, um, whether it's in this industry or not, but for mm-hmm. sure in this industry, like it's, we need more of it. Oh, right? I agree. Yeah. Let's get these young people in here. Cool, lady. This was so awesome. Yeah. It was such a it pleasure was fun to finally to share my story. be in the same room with you. <laughs> you too. Now we, uh, we're lifelong friends. I know. <laughs> Who knows what we're going to do next? I feel like there's going to be some fun collaboration here. Definitely. So. All right. Thank okay. you very much. Thank you. A tremendous thank you to Tina for opening up her endurance sportswear offices and carving out so much time to sit down and chat with Sam. If you'd like to follow Tina online, you can find her on LinkedIn at Tina Wilmot. That's W-I-L-M-O-T-T. Or you can follow Endurance Sportswire on Twitter and Facebook under at Endurance Sportswire and Instagram at Endurance underscore Sportswire. And thank you for joining us on this adventure to Endurance Town USA, where we get to sit down and chat with regular people living the endurance lifestyle. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe on the button on your device now to hear more great stuff as it lands. And also don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Endurance Town USA for behind the scenes photos, videos, and more. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time we go on this journey to Endurance Town USA.